I am thinking of that song, The Lass of Ockram. I am thinking of a person long ago who used to sing that song. It was a person I used to know in Galway when I was living with my grandmother. It was a young boy I used to know named Michael Fury. He used to sing that song the lass of Akram. He was very delicate. I can see him so plainly. Such eyes as he had. Big, dark eyes. And such an expression in them. An expression. I used to go out walking with him when I was in Galway. He's dead now. He died when he was only 17. Isn't it a terrible thing to die as young as that? I was great with him at that time. I think he died for me. It was in the winter, about the beginning of the winter, when I was going to leave Galway and come up here to the convent. And he was ill at the time in his lodgings in Galway and wouldn't be let out. And his people in Orchterard were written to. He was in decline, they said, or something like that. I never knew rightly. Poor fellow. He was very fond of me. And he was such a gentle boy. We used to go out together walking. You know, Gabriel, the way they do in the country. He was going to study singing only for his health. He had a very good voice. Poor Michael Fury. And then when it came time for me to leave Galway and come up here to the convent, he was much worse and I wouldn't be let in see him. So I wrote him a letter saying I was going up to Dublin and would be back in the summer and hoping he'd be better then. Then the night before I left, I was in my grandmother's house in Nuns Island packing up and I heard gravel thrown up against the window. The window was so wet I couldn't see, so I ran downstairs as I was and slipped out the back into the garden. And there was the poor fellow at the end of the garden, shivering. I implored of him to go home at once and told him he would get his death in the rain. But he said, he did not want to live. I can see his eyes as well as well. He was standing at the end of the wall where there's a tree. Yes, he went home. 
and when I was only a week in the convent, he died. And he was buried in Oaktrard, where his people came from. Oh, the day I heard that, that he was dead. She was fast asleep. Gabriel, leaning on his elbow, looked for a few moments unresentfully on her tangled hair and half-open mouth, listening to her deep-drawn breath. So she had that love in her life. A man had died for her sake. It hardly pained him now to think how poor a part he, her husband, had played in her life. His curious eyes rested long upon her face and on her hair. And as he thought of what she must have been then, in that time of her first girlish beauty, a strange, friendly pity for her entered his soul. He did not like to say, even to himself, that her face was no longer beautiful, but he knew that it was no longer the face for which Michael Fury had braved death. The air of the room chilled his shoulders he stretched himself cautiously along under the sheets and lay down beside his wife. One by one, they were all becoming shades. Better pass boldly into that other world in the full glory of some passion than fade and wither dismally with age. He thought of how she, who lay beside him, had locked in her heart for so many years that image of her lover's eyes when he had told her that he did not wish to live. Generous tears filled Gabriel's eyes. He had never felt that way himself towards any woman, but he knew that such a feeling must be love. The tears gathered more thickly in his eyes, and in the partial darkness, he imagined he saw the form of a young man standing under a dripping tree. Other forms were near. His soul had approached that region where dwell the vast hosts of the dead. He was conscious of, but could not apprehend, 
their wayward and flickering existence. His own identity was fading out into a grey, impalpable world. The solid world itself, which these dead had one time lived and reared in, was dissolving and dwindling. A few light taps on the pane made him turn to the window. It had begun to snow again. He watched sleepily the flakes, silver and dark, falling obliquely against the lamplight. The time had come for him to set out on his journey westward. Yes, the newspapers were right. Snow was general all over Ireland. It was falling on every part of the dark central plain, on the treeless hills, falling softly on the bog of Allen, and further westward, softly falling into the dark, mutinous Shannon waves. It was falling, too, on every part of the lonely churchyard, on the hill where Michael Fury lay buried. It lay thickly drifted on the crooked crosses and headstones, on the spears of the little gate, on the barren thorns. His soul swooned slowly as he heard the snow falling faintly through the universe and faintly falling like the descent of their last end upon all the living and the dead.